Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, I am Fergus, I am your host. I'm joined by our producer Mike. Mike Scully, Mike, how are you doing? Uh, Mike, right, how are you doing? Good, mate. Mike's going to be joining in the, the debate and also uh, helping out with some of the comments and stuff that we've got in uh, running in the in in, in along the side. Um, we have uh, got Corey. Corey, we can see you again. I love your lighting. So yeah, and we got the fro. <laughs> evening, evening, evening. <laughs> Jerome, we're very, very, very. You know, are you going on stage afterwards and? No, no, the kids won't let me. <laughs> drop, a, drop a beat, man. Drop a beat. <laughs> Halloween, Halloween, like... Halloween only. <laughs> so yeah, um, welcome, Jerome. Welcome, Corey. Welcome, Mike. We are expecting Trevor, depending if he can get uh, his phone in his hand. First of all, never mind anything else. He's he's been travelling from England to Athens. Uh, since 10 o'clock this morning, he's obviously had to go through passport control, which means probably Stansted Airport, the windmill, Weatherspoons, And he's been in the pub most of the day. He has messaged me only about a half hour ago, gone, yeah, man, I'll be there. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm coming on. But uh, we'll see what we get from Trevor. He will, he will join us, I'm sure, shortly. And we also have uh, James Rowe. James is just doing some stuff. Uh, on um, something else he's doing for his work as well. He's going to jump on and have a chat with us um, about Arsenal and about European football and some of the stuff that he's done as well. So, uh, guys, um, Storm Dennis. Oh, that that was horrendous. That was absolutely horrendous. Oh, hang on. Forget about Storm Dennis. Storm Trevor. <laughs> Storm Trevor has just hit. How are we, Trevor? I'm very well, thank you, gentlemen. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, Jesus, we can understand you as well. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm in a nice, quiet bar in Piraeus. I'm, I've only had a few, so unlucky, boys. I'm, I'm not going to get too messy. <laughs> Rebecca Greenwood is fibbing. Uh, <laughs> there. God, I look awful. Oh, yeah. Trev, you, you, you must... Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. Listen, you say you look awful. The Newcastle game... Uh, in Storm Dennis, it was horrendous uh, uh, weather and everything else that we talked about. May I saw that your video? That one, a storm. That was a drizzle. Yeah. Oh, hey, listen, I was dressed up like I was in the RNI. Mate, that was that was pitiful. That was pitiful. <laughs> you had it all on video. You're saying, "Oh, it's really cold. It's raining." I was like, "What? You haven't all asked?" I am Listen, forget about the weather. What about the game, boys? I told you four 0 I told you someone was going to get beaten, didn't I? You and did. You did. Yeah. But even at half time, though, Trevor, look at that. Let's break the game into two halves, as as that's what they do normally. Anyway, um, the first half it was pretty pretty dire, wasn't it? Oh yeah, massively. <laughs> oh no, I disagree. Newcastle, Newcastle played all right, and. Uh, we didn't play at our best, but when you win a game 4-0, you don't think about a dire first half. You think about, yeah, we didn't play at our best first half, and we absolutely hammered them second half. That's all. But if, if we play, if we listen, boys, if we have that many bad first halves for the rest of the season, and that many good second halves, who's going to be unhappy? I won't be. Do me a favour. Do me a favour. Just cut him. He's drunk. Just cut him. 
<laughs> what, Mike, you, your thoughts on the first half of the game rather than keep on going on about his prediction. Go on, first half of the game. Uh, yeah, first half of the game was dire, wasn't it? It was so boring. It was so uninspiring. It was just, oh, it just had everything that we didn't want from a game. And uh, that was the thing. And obviously, we will go into the second half now, wait, obviously, turn around. And, but first half, it was terrible, really was. Um, I don't think any either team really played to the best in the first half. It was it was awful. Corey, um, anything to add? No, I agree, um, and I think that's something that needs to be looked into because we've had quite a few bad first halves going back to Emery's era, and um, we're kind of scratching our heads. We've asked the question before, why is it that we start so slow? Why is it that we can't um, come out the blocks um, a bit better than we have? And it's something that does need to be addressed. Um, so as much as we obviously all enjoy the second half, I think we do need to kind of analyse what's going wrong in the first half of matches. Why are they, are they players, Why do they always need to kick up the arse at halftime? Jerome? That was exactly where I was going. I can't understand why we don't start the way we are in the second half in the first half, you know, to be honest, we see teams normally start really well and then dip down. So it bugs me that we can't start a game and dominate from the first minute. Do you not think, do you not think it might be a tactic by Arteta? Cause, cause so far, um, Trev, I got you on mute for the minute just because it's noisy in the background, but um, the, the, the uh, you can take yourself off when you want to talk, but like, you know, anytime. Um, the, do you not think it might be a, a tactic by Arteta to build up slowly and at least uh, hold a defensive line and build up and then catch them? But since Arteta were eight games unbeaten, um, but we've played eight games, but really and truly we've only played four games because we've only played for 45 minutes on every game that we've played um, so far. Trev, come on, you're jumping in. No, I wasn't jumping in. I just didn't realise I could mute and unmute myself. I've learnt something new tonight. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really, I I'm not grasping what the issue is with with a poor first half performance. I don't care. If we win a game four 0 the first half is gone to me. You know, honestly, I, I just, I, I'm just very pleased with Arteta. But having said that. I'm just going to stick something else in there for a minute. At this stage of Emery's career, I was very pleased with Emery. So let's stop. I'm not setting my sights too high, you know. We'll um, we'll see how we go. But yeah, if we, I, I don't care if we have bad half hours, if we have bad 20 minutes, if if we're under pressure for, for for 60 minutes of a game, I don't care. As long as it's managed and we come out with a result, which we have been, which we have done on Saturday, I'm happy. I, I look at it differently, you know. James, thank you for joining us. We're just—you um, haven't missed anything at all because we were talking about the first half against Newcastle. Okay. <laughs> Good evening, fellas. I'm sorry for coming a little bit late. I am um, one of my interviews with a player was, was rearranged, so uh, thank you for your patience. Who were you interviewing? I was interviewing Kaon Daniel, who uh, plays, uh, who's been capped by Trinidad and Tobago, and is now currently playing in Poland. And he was in a team meeting, so we asked if we could rearrange. Um, for those who don't know, I've been uh, interviewing professional players and managers for around about the last three and a half years now. And there's been some quite interesting names in there, like the likes of Viv Anderson and Danny Cowley and Bob Wilson. So We're going to touch on some of those afterwards. So once we finish the Newcastle game, I want to listen to a little bit about 
especially the Viv, Viv, Viv Anderson one. And then we'll look at your uh, the uh, game that Trevor's out in um, in Athens for. So the second okay. half. Okay, in the second half we had um, Eddie and Kessie. Well, the lineup first of all was were, were slightly unusual in the sense that. Um, we all saw that Eddie started over. Um, Eddie Eddie started over um, Lacazette. Um, I actually was pleased that Lacazette was on the bench, and um, I think it, it was good to see Eddie playing. And, and in the second half, he was very very unlucky when he hit the bar. Um, uh, Corey, uh, what did you make of Eddie's performance uh, so far in that game? It's his, it's his first ever. Premier League start for Arsenal. Yeah, he was he was lively. Um, he was all right. It's what you know the type of performance I expect from from Eddie. Um, like you said, he was unlucky with a couple of chances. Um, so it was cool. But um, I think me and Jerome talked about this in our in our group chat. Um, I do like Eddie, but I don't expect to see Eddie starting up top when Abermiang and Martinelli. Are fit. Um, I expect we also we had um, Kolesniak. So I don't know how ready he is to play a full ninety minutes, but you know we have to remember that Saka is actually a left winger, not a left back. So he's an option um, on the left side as well. So we're not short of options there. So unless we are, I don't really want to see Eddie up top when Abemyang's fit. Okay, okay. Um, Pepe, he had a really good game, I thought. Um, and I thought he was quite. He's quite. He's quite lively. He had a couple of assists. Jerome, uh, his assist for Abamyang's opener at one nil. What did you make of that? Oh, I love it. I, I've been a fan of the guy from the beginning. You know that. Um, I feel without him, we're not the same team. And I think it showed a lot more. He's getting to form, and it showed a lot more yesterday. Sorry, Sunday. And I feel like. He's opening up. He's doing what we wanted to see. Finally, we're going to get the form. I think we're getting it. Um, Mike, what were your thoughts on on, on Pepe's performance? If it weren't for Saka playing the way he played on Sunday, I think he probably it's a man of the match performance for me. That definitely. Agreed. One, one assist, one goal. Can't argue with that. At all or is it two assists, one goal? Two assists. Yeah, two assists. Yeah, two assists. Mate. Yeah. James, um, you're the you're the professional as I say journalist or sports person what was your 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 view on Pepe and then also if you can touch on a bit on 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 Saka as well well um I think Saka has been a real highlight and a real find for me this season uh I was at the Sheffield United game back in January and uh, he was the best player on the pitch you know so such youthful exuberance and such a a great talent and as regards to Pepe um you know um very pleased that he managed to make an impact, you know, similar to what he did when he played against Manchester United in uh, in January. I think he's very much a confidence player, and you know, where once his confidence is up, it's really up. And um, obviously, with the hefty price tag, which he can't really do much about, but um, it's important that he's playing. And it was a good, uh, a much needed win, you know, because we really did need a win with three points. And uh, hopefully, we can now kick on and go into a, a good run of form for the upcoming fixtures. Mm. And, and and you know what I, I think as well is he, he's now about six months into 
his career at Arsenal and six months into his career at the Premier League. And uh, he's come from the French League. So it, it's always going to be difficult for any player to come from a league, a light, uh, league uh, to come into the Premier League and step up. He does need a lot of time. He needs um, time on the ball before he gets that pace. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think... Arteta, he, he, I think he mentioned in an interview around um, the Dubai uh, winter break, and he, he actually mentioned that, you know, Arteta has changed his game. Arteta has helped him. Um, I know some of that is spin, some of that is, 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 is talk. Um, but, you know, I, I think he, he, he is growing into, into the role. Um, Richard Butler puts up uh, a comment in, 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 in the chat and he talks about St. Maximin and uh, Maximum or Maximin or whatever his name is. Um, I thought he had a fantastic game and he's such a big, powerful player. And I think if Steve Bruce was a bit more clever and put him through the middle, which he did towards the end, he even became a bigger threat. And he was unlucky on the 63rd minute. Um, he was brushed off so easily uh, he brushed off um, Bellerin, who just like got spun round in a circle and just became Bellerin of old. Uh, and then, then he hits the post. Um, Jerome, what do you make of him? He looks all right. But then if we wanted a player that has no end product, we're going back to Jovinio, a strong Jovinio. Fine. Then that's what we're going to go and buy. We'll be going backwards. That doesn't make sense. So well, for me, uh, he's all right, but... We'd be going backwards signing anyone like that. He had a decent opportunity. How many players get decent opportunities against any club? It happens. It's football. But I wouldn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> for, people, for people on the audio, um, Jerome was sitting here with a microphone held in his hand like, mic check, mic check. <laughs> <laughs> And I've just done drop the mic because Richard Butler's co comment was, I'd rather have St. Maximin. And you've just blown him out of the water. I'm sorry. <laughs> An excellent comment. Sorry, it. <laughs> I won't be sorry for that, mate. That was a great comment. And I agree with you. That was, all, that was a great comment. Like we said, how many uh, goals and assists did he get in the game? Yeah. How many did Pepe um, get? Pepe got two and you know Pepe is a proper winger and that's what we've been crying out for a winger we got we got Pepe we got Saka we got Martinelli we got so so many prospects that we have in this team and going forward as long as uh, uh is supported I think the future's bright the future's red and white uh, guys the goal that we got to talk about um is uh, the team goal uh Mike I'll come to you then I'll go up to Corey you can talk about it um, the team goal, Pepe to Lacazette and Ozil, 35 passes. Every player on the team touched the ball. The most passes for a Premier League goal this season. Mike, do you want to go first and talk about it? What was your thoughts and how did you feel about Ozil getting the goal? Well, I think uh, what is it? I was texting a few other people that I know uh, who are all Arsenal fans as well. And I think my first words, it had to be Ozil to get that goal and it had to be Ozil. <laughs> after everything um he had a good game uh but i think to be fair i think he overshadowed uh for me he overshadowed Ceballos in that game or oh, there was making out that he was actually had a you know an amazing game that game i, I didn't think he was that great and I, I thought he was okay don't get me wrong but i just don't think he it was his best game i've ever seen him play 
And because of everyone hyping up Ozil in that game, I think that overshadowed the way Sabios was playing. And uh, Sabios for me was outstanding. Uh, from thirty minutes in, I think he sort of found, he found his form in the game, and he was unlocking. He could literally, I think he could pass the ball on a five pence piece. I really could. The way his passing range is unbelievable, and it just showed it in that game there. And that's the thing that's really done for me for Ozil. Um, so. <clears throat> that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get at there. I suppose in that sort of sense is I think he overshadowed Sabios. Well, I, I, he didn't overshadow him. It's the pundits and other people I've heard talking about him. They've overshadowed the fact of how Sabios played. Where I thought he was a lot better. And uh, but Sabios, I know he's only Yeah, but Sabios has only had two good performances for us because he's either been injured. Well, average well exactly and he's come back uh he's come back and this is the first game in how long since his injury mm. uh, he never got in under this is the first game under Arteta and he's played like that and to, for me that was that summit there there's definitely something in him he's definitely got the skill and the talent there yeah, 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 uh, yeah. To, say, to say that and Ozil's been playing uh, every game under Arteta and this is the first time we've seen him play half decent so and um, that's what that's what bothers me about that and and obviously, like I said, when it comes back to what I said about it had to be Ozil to get that goal. No, and, and, and I get that. Uh, Corey, um, your thoughts on that goal? Because like people were waxing lyrical on how fantastic. Y- you'll see on, on Guns and Yellow Ribbon's Facebook um, thing, I, I recorded afterwards walking home in the pouring rain, even though it's nothing compared to Scunthorpe. Um, the, 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 the pouring rain and and saying like you know that, that it was a dreadful first half and that I thought... Ozil was in and out of the game quite a lot. And that he, yes, he did do, do some flicks and touches. And when I watched back a match of the day, which is edited, you could see that he was quite involved in that second half and, and he did have a good performance. But like what Mike said, I, th- I think people have made more of his performance. He's had better performances for Arsenal and better performances for other teams. What did you make of the goal and his performance? The goal is what we are. This is what Arteta, I imagine, is aspiring to. These are the type of goals that is that the Arsenal way? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's we've seen goals like that in the past under Wenger, and we've all enjoyed them, and we've wanted them ever since. And I think the the way the the team selection was the right team to score that type of goal. When you're going to have Xhaka who can pass, Ceballos, Ozil in the midfield you're expecting the passing to be a bit better. And then we've got so much talent. Um, you know, we've got Sacco, who's a left winger at left back, you know, um, Pepe. We can score those types of goals because we've got the skill, we've got the talent, we've got the passing ability. So the fact that we did score that type of goal um, is definitely a positive because it is something that we're hoping to see on a more regular basis next season under Arteta, who we were all excited about because he, because he was a, a student of Pep Guardiola, we were obviously hoping that he kind of he brings some of that that Pep style to Arsenal, and we saw a little uh, a little sparkling of that against Newcastle, and you know we want more of it. So I I really enjoyed it, and with um, Ozil, I think I've said on here before, I'm done with Ozil. I'm done. Like he, there's going to be times that he does something that's cool. All right, there's going to be times, a lot of times, where he does nothing, and you know, it does. I I've got no more interest in. You know, I've got. I don't think he's going to get any better. I don't think he's going to recapture 
his old form. Um, I just think that he's going to have his moments, but at the, bo- the bottom line is I still think that he's a player that we want to move on and we, we need to be looking to the future. So whatever, that's, that's my, my, my thoughts on Ozil. Boys, um, Jerome and James, Willock came on and Willock and Pepe to Lacazette. Lacazette gets that all-important goal that he needed to get for his confidence. Yes, he's a goal away from home uh, more than anything else. But um, that, that what did you make of that goal? 4-0, uh, uh, Roy Keane said, oh, shocking, overrated, overrated, oh, over the top. Um, that's my Roy Keane impression. Um, <laughs> about the celebrations, what did you make of that whole goal? James, I'll go to you first. Well, I think you could definitely see the relief on his face. You know, obviously he's a striker that harbours ambitions to also play international football and is in a very difficult um, selection along with France. And um, I think he just wanted to prove again that he can score goals. And um, I'm hoping now that he will, uh, that will kind of open the floodgates. But it's good to see a player um, show passion. It's good to see a player realise the, the responsibility he's got as a striker. You know, it's very difficult as a professional player to, to come abroad and to acclimatise to a new league, to a more physical league. And, you know, things, um, things take time. And um, I think that uh, we'll see Lacazette now be a lot more positive in front of goal. I think we'll see him shooting more often, which will also be good. It'll be very interesting to see if he starts tomorrow in a very important game. And um, just very pleasing, really. First and foremost, with the team performance and the three points, but also from his personal point of view to to get that all-important goal as well. Jerome, what did you make of Willock's performance? I know it was only a short-lived, but what did you make of Willock's performance? Again, Pepe got the assist. Uh, Lacazette scuffed and kicked, and but he got the goal. Do you know what? I was happy with Lacazette getting a goal. I had to laugh at the finish because, you know what, it's by any means necessary. Great. You know what? That's what we want. That's what he needed. But I think what I loved the most about the goal was the team. After he scored, the way that every player near enough was there, they celebrated together. We haven't seen that much togetherness in the team. We're getting stronger and stronger. And this is what I think I want to see because that's where we're getting the fight, the desire, the defensiveness, um, working it out, passes, flicks. It's all coming together because of that. And I think that's what I was most pleased to see more than anything, was just how they celebrated together. They all looked so happy for Lacazette. Um, I think I loved that more than anything. Yeah, no, 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 I, I can't disagree. Arteta was actually very complimentary of the team as itself, but also in particular, he was asked after the game about Saka's performance and he was um, extremely complimentary about him, but he also said he's a big project. Um, so meaning that, like, you know, he's he's not finished. He's only, he's only starting. He's 18 years of age. He's playing like a senior, is the words he said. Um, what did, uh, did, did, did you guys think? I'll go around. I'll start with Michael. I'll work your way around. What did you think of Saka's overall performance? Um, is he the real deal? What happens when Tierney comes back? Uh, can, I just, can I just start off quick by saying Roy King, he needs to shut the hell up. You know, he's, he's still in the he's still in the 90s, that lie. You know, he just needs to get his head out of his ass for a change, doesn't he? Totally overrated. You know I mean? totally not, yeah, well, 33. And, uh, you know, it's probably wrong for me saying that, to be honest. I apologize. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm but no, like, like I say, he needs to get his head out of his ass and just shut up. You know, he shouldn't even be a pundit, Roy Keane, let's face it. He's, he's garbage, isn't he? So he just needs to shut the hell up. So uh, I was getting on to Saka. Uh, 
in all fairness, is is causing a real major problem for choice, isn't he? Let's face it, he really is. The way he's playing at the moment at left back, he's causing some major issues there. He's going to cause some headaches for when Tierney is fit. Would, who would you who would you play first? In all fairness, you can't drop someone who's playing that well. I'm sorry, you can't. As, no, no, as no, no, much no. as Tierney is not as much as he is a left winger and not a left back. You can't argue with his, well, with his professionalism. You know, he's he's been told to do a job. He's been told to go in there, and he hasn't come out since. You know, he hasn't even been replaced. Kolasniak was fit. He can't even get into the team because of him. So that, that tells you it there, doesn't he? It's, okay, Kolasniak will be gone in the summer, I think. Anyway, so well, let, let's hope so. Anyway, Corey, um, your thoughts on just brief one line or so because we'll go into miles over a game that's been on three or four days ago. I don't know, um, but. Um, your thoughts on Saka's overall performance and the headache that Arteta has when Tierney comes back as uh, as fit? I, Saka, I, I love him. I think he's a wicked player. Um, and you can see this, the ability that he's got. He could just play anywhere, pretty much. Um, we've seen him, even under Emery, we've seen him play in the central midfield as well. So he's obviously shown stuff in training that he's got that versatility. So... I think he's just a great player to have in the squad. When Tierney's back, I think you've got to play Tierney. I want to see, I mean, if we've seen we've seen a big improvement with Saka under Arteta, I want to see what he's like with Tierney, you know, because Tierney was very good before. Let's see what, what Arteta could do with him because it could be something even better at left back. Um, Jerome? That's exactly where I'm at. As much as I like Saka going forward... I have the biggest thing of his defensive duties. We still, you know, I still think he's weak weak defensively. He can get barged off the ball very easily. Um, he doesn't go in for a challenge properly all the time. You know, I don't know. Whereas Tierney, for me, will go in for a challenge. He will put it all in every single time. This is why he's injured half as much as he is. But I think I prefer that in a player. Uh, at my left back, sometimes I want my defender to defend. So for me, it's going to always be Tierney over Saka, but I feel that Saka does need to play on the left-hand side. I was thinking this it might be a change of formation for Arteta, so he has got a problem. I think, I think it will. I think it will. James, how would you change formation then um, to accommodate Tierney, Martinelli, uh, uh, Saka, Pepe? Uh, what needs to change within the side or what sh will probably change in the summer? I'm leading you. Well, I think I think the most pressing priority regarding Saka is there's only 18 months left on his current contract. And the latest reports that I've read that the likes of Bayern Munich, Liverpool and Manchester United are looking at him. And he's currently only earning £3,000 a week. So I think we need to really kind of get nip that in the bud because you don't want to have a situation where a young player full of talent falls by the wayside and gets snapped up by somebody else when he has got so much potential. I think it's important that we're also starting to get depth in certain positions now, whereas before we've always been a little bit light, especially on the bench, and, and being able to change a game. But it's good, and um, hopefully Arteta can, can mix and match different formations because it's very important that the players that we've got in the squad now can be tactically flexible as well. Because going forward, if we're going to improve and, and get a higher league position and hopefully making roads to winning silverware, we're going to have times where we're going to be up against it and we've got to change and be proactive in that respect. Hmm. So, um, I suppose, 
The last thing to talk about that game was the declared attendance was 60,188. Well, I can guarantee you there was not 60,188 in that stadium. There was a lot of empty seats. For the love of God, like, Jesus, why not just declare who's tapped in and who hasn't? It it, it just becomes a joke in the end. Yes, they sold 60,000 tickets, but just declared. Yeah, let, let's move on. We got. We don't want to talk for hours on that. Uh, the, the couple of things that we do want to talk about, and some of them interlinked to what, James, you said you want to talk about as well. Um, fifth, is it the new fourth? Um, Man City. Um, they, they, could Man City's ban, I, I've got written down here, Nan. I don't know what Man City's Nan's got to do with any of this, but um, Man City's ban mean the fifth place could be uh, for Champions League football or could it be the FA Cup? Um, is it time that we, uh, can we push uh, for fifth? Can we, you know, or do we just push for the Europa League? Uh, is it time we win a Europa trophy? James, go. Well, first and foremost, you've got to remember, last Sunday was only our seventh win in 26 Premier League games. And, you know, it's great to get a win. Everybody's excited. Everybody's pleased. But we've also got to be realistic. And I think the teams in the top four and the top five, I can't see them, I can't see them tailing off anytime soon. So I can understand the, the confidence and all of a sudden pushing forward for a potential fifth. But... First and foremost, will the actual ban be ratified and confirmed as to will it happen? And also, we haven't won a European trophy for 26 years. You know, for the, especially for the younger generation, it's never seen Arsenal win a European trophy. I mean, I've been supporting the club for nigh on 30 years and Copenhagen 94, even though I was very, very young, still remains one of my fondest memories. And I think that we've got a very difficult game against Olympiacos. They've fallen out of the Champions League. They're one of the toughest opponents we could have we could have faced but if you look at the history of this competition in particular there's always a surprise team that reaches the final in um, in 2017 here in Amsterdam Europa League final 18 they reached the final in Lyon you could argue that it was a surprise that Arsenal reached the final last year and you only have to look at the last 32 fixtures to see there are some very good teams in that last 32 you look at the likes of uh, FC Porto and Bayer Leverkusen and even Sporting Braga doing very well in Portugal. So I've, I know it sounds cliche, but I think we've just got to take it one game at a time. But I really do hope that we can uh, push on and win our first European piece of silverware for 26 years. Can we? That's Inter Milan's trophy to lose, that one. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, but I think Inter Milan are going to walk it in the Europa League. They've got the squad, they've got the depth, they've got everything there. I think it's theirs to lose. Corey, can we win, can we win the can, can, can we win the Europa League? Can, 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 listen, can we win this tie away to Olympiacos? As as James just said, they are one of the toughest uh opponents. They've dropped out of the uh out of the Champions League spots. So you've got Ajax that have dropped there, uh, Inter. Uh, can can we win this tie tomorrow night and again? Uh, on the 27th of February, can can we win it on aggregate and get through? Yeah, yeah, we could beat Olympiacos. We can. Um, we've, you know, last season in Europa, even when we didn't look great in the league, we looked good in the Europa League. Um, it is sort of night and day, um, you know, our form. 
um, in the two competitions. Um, so we can beat Olympiacos. Um, we're definitely capable. You look at our, you know, you look at our team. There's, we've got some good players there, um, but they do need to perform a lot better for us to to get past this tie. And if we are talking about winning the whole thing, then a, a, a major improvement we need to happen before I can see that. Um, you know, we've got world class strikers. We've got really good midfielders. You know, we 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 are a danger to any team on our day. But we haven't seen our day for a little while now. And, a few um, years, a few years. <laughs> yeah. So um, with that, you know, thinking about our recent past, and I would say, no, I don't think we can win the Europa League, but we can get to the next stage. Okay. Jerome, this is, this is Arteta's first European game in charge as a head coach, manager, whatever title you want to say, and he's got the Arsenal. He's gone away to Olympiacos. What's your thoughts? Ozil? Tomorrow night's a problem purely because it's away. If his first game was at home, I would feel a little bit more confident with us playing them. But playing away, we don't have the greatest away form anyway. So to go away does slightly worry me, but a football game anything's possible so I've always got the faith that we could still do it we could play our football and go out there and be and dominate the game so it's always possible but it's just a way for them and do the boys have the confidence in themselves to do it away this week we don't have Ozil traveling because his wife's having a baby so he hasn't traveled for personal reasons according to the website but uh, I've heard that it was uh, at first I was going to jump on his back and go oh yeah here we go another reason but I've realized that his wife's having a baby Terrera may fly out. Um, he's got some sort of virus, not Corona. He's been on the piece <laughs> uh, and he's been on the soul. He stayed off the Corona. Um, so, so not Corona. <laughs> Shit joke, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a real dad joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. If the cat fits, yeah, it? yeah, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, predictions on tomorrow. What do we reckon, uh, James? What's your score prediction, James? Uh, my prediction tomorrow is 2 2. You also have to remember that this is an Olympiakos side who haven't lost in the Greek league so far this season. They've won 18, they've drawn. And uh, I know with the Greek league, it's not the most dif- it's not the most uh, difficult in the in the whole of Europe. But they've also got some excellent players. They've got uh, Mathieu Barbuena, who uh, the French midfielder, who um, who also used to play for Marseille. I've, I've spoken to a few players who've played against him, and when they've played against him, they've said about you know he's got such a a low centre of gravity that he turns really quick, and he can play some fantastic through balls and. He's a very good player. Emre Moore as well, the um, the Turkish um, Turkish player. He actually represented Denmark at youth level and then changed his allegiance to Turkey. But um, he's also a good player. And uh, Bruno Gaspar, who had an experience with uh, Sporting Lisbon in the past. So they've got some very good players. And, uh, you know, Olympiacos is an away day as well. It's well known for being a difficult away day. There are some teams, big teams in Europe. I mean, we're playing the biggest team of Greece tomorrow. And um, it's well known that their particular away day has always been a difficult place to go regardless of stature. 
so I don't expect yeah, it's a very to win tomorrow. But my prediction is to, my prediction is two two. Okay, um, Mike, uh, prediction like it's going to be a hostile place to go to. Uh, I'm I'm with Dave Atkinson, who's just put a, uh, a comment on, which I'm going to go with. I'm saying two one Arsenal as well. I I'm going to go with him. Corey, prediction. Um, we we lack a draw at Arsenal, don't we? So um, I'm going to go one one. We lack a one one draw, especially. So um, this time around, I, I won't mind it in a, in an away match. So yeah, one one. And finally, our MC. What's your uh, what's your prediction? <laughs> I had one one as well. That's the funny part about it. Uh, Jerome, man, get original, man. The worst part is that the doubter in me feels with our away form. Um, going away to Olympiacos, I feel that they could sneak a 2-1, but unfortunately, I feel that a 1-1 is realistic. That's, uh, that's my honest truth. I'm exactly with you, Jerome. I'm hoping if we can keep it 1-1, it would be fantastic. And I know it's a draw and another draw, and it means nine uh, nine games and, 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 and eight draws. Um, but I do think maybe because it's a bit hostile, uh, yeah. and they're a tough opposition. Uh, the away goal is important. Whatever happens, we need to keep it within one goal, and we need to we need to score an away goal. So, oh, I will, God, you I, guys are so uninspired. I, I will, I will, I will go. I will go for a one-one. Um, but even if we lose, as long as it's two-one or three-two or something, we need the away goals. Oh, ball draws. <laughs> that's what we've Mike, that's what we got used to recently. That's what we've got used to recently. So listen, there's a couple of other there's a couple of other things we're going to talk about. Um I've got some bits and pieces about uh the um the Arsenal Supporters uh forum meeting that Dave Hurl uh, gladly shared with me. But before we do that, um James, you mentioned to me uh, and mentioned to us earlier that you d- you do this for World Soccer Index. Uh, you do some sports writing and interviews and stuff like that and do some blogs and so on. But in particular, um, you interviewed former Arsenal player uh, and England player, I believe, uh, Viv Anderson. Give us a couple of minutes talking about that. Yes, that's, that's correct. Don't know, views that don't know, and people on the panel. I've been interviewing... Uh, professional players and managers for the rather at the last three and a half years now and it's been going really really well I've interviewed on football index more than 120 so the likes of Danny Cowley for example and um, Graham Potter and the legend is uh, Arsenal uh, Arsenal's Bob Anderson the, uh, this with former Arsenal player Anderson with other things about his time at Arsenal where he stated that when George Graham first came in, that um, he was originally offered a contract by Arsenal and he had the opportunity to stay. But um, he had a history with Manchester United, where he would, um, during the summer, he would go and train up with the Manchester United schoolboys. And by his own admission, if it wasn't for um, the fact that Manchester United came in for him, he would never have left. It was the pull of Manchester United and he really wanted to go. And uh, viewers can find my interviews on worldforindex.com. And they can also follow me on at James Rowe. And I think I've lost other members of the panel. So I'm trying to be as professional as possible. And um, we are, I believe yeah. we're still recording this 
well. We 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 are all here, mate. We're all here as well. And because uh, I, I um, obviously I didn't see the other members of the panel, it, it fell away for a minute. So no, no, no. I, I to I, continue. Because, but, yeah, um, because, because very very, very lucky to be in such a position. Very lucky to be in such a position. And for me, it's just about producing quality. I mean, I never I never imagined when I started that I'd speak to the likes of uh, Danny Powell and being based here in the Netherlands, the likes of Matane Deloso, who's played for Ipswich, and, um, and Ricky Van Rollersfinkel, who's now currently at Basel. And the most everybody the same. I always say, guys, that everybody's got a story to tell. Like today, this afternoon, I spoke to... Um, Lincoln City loanee Liam Bridcup, who um, has a history of his Brighton Leeds and Nottingham Forest. And it was very interesting to hear his thoughts about Lincoln City. And you get to hear some really interesting anecdotes from players. And to give um, one, um, obviously Champions League kicked off last night and uh, Dortmund won. And Dortmund had, have a very good manager in Lucien Favre. And um, I interviewed um, the American international Fabian Johnson when he back, and we spoke about Lucien Favre, and he, he told me a very interesting anecdote where one day they're, they're training, and he obviously is, is a defender, and they're making defensive drills, playing the ball out of defence, and, and training with his teammates, and all of a sudden he hears Lucien Favre telling him, in specific, his right foot, and to use his left foot. To which he thought, does it really matter? But he soon realised that, um, you know, in sm in small margins and small areas of the pit, right foot, you get the ball under control and you can play the way the ball out of defence and relieve the pressure on the defence. And he was saying about the the attention to de detail that Lucien Favre has. I mean, I watched his his side here in Amsterdam against Ajax, and they were very easy on the eye they were extremely easy on the eye but obviously that was only on the basis of one game that I've seen them play live but um he's got and he's got Dortmund playing very well they're on for a um uh, they've got an opportunity to win the Bundesliga they hope well they would like to think in the last eight of the Champions League so it provides me with a lot of um interesting anecdotes but so it's always I always come from a position of, of um of wanting the reader to know something they so didn't you, know before. It's always so James, uh, something you, I strive get, for. You obviously get the opportunity to speak to lots of different players and lots of different people involved in, in, in sport. Uh, um, are, are you able to get mm. in touch with many of um, the Arsenal squad and youth squad currently? If anybody, that you can give us like one like couple of sentences of insight and then we'll move on to the next bit? Um, I mean, uh, you fell away there, Fergus. Do you mean here at Ajax in Amsterdam? Uh, no, um, you, you you don't get you bit. do every all your stuff. All your stuff is done via uh, via Amsterdam, then, yeah. I think we lost you. No, I can yeah, you I think I think we're okay? struggling with your connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, can you repeat what you said? You fell away. I was just wondering, do you get to speak to any, say, like, especially over maybe in Amsterdam, are there any Arsenal loanees or youth players that you get to speak to? Any Arsenal-related players that you get to speak to? Yeah, 
Well, as I say, there's been so many, and I don't mean that in an arrogant sense. You know, you can look, check on the link of my uh, Twitter at James Rowanell to my author page on World Football Index. One that does stick out is the Danish uh, youth defender Jakob Rasmussen. I spoke to him when he was at Empoli, and subsequently he's now at uh, Fiorentina, I believe. And um, he was speaking in particular about youth football and how um, and how playing for the Danish youth international side really helps him. And uh, he's one player to to look out for, and there's, there's a few others too. But um, you know, you come into contact with so many that you, you just uh, you just try to arrange them in the best way you can, and. And with three and a half years' experience now, you, there's some that you can refer back to. But also, obviously, with the depth and everything, it's it's nice to follow a player or a managerial career. Like, yeah. like for example, um, Peter Hibala, who was the um, coach at Dortmund in the in the youth for the youth. He trained uh, Rudiger at Chelsea. Um, I spoke to him when he was at his last club in um, in Slovakia. And he recently became uh, manager of Nac Breda here in the Netherlands. And he, it's, the, it's the former loan club of Pablo Mari, who was captain of Nac Breda when he was here. And um, they've, sub, they've reached the cup semi-final. They've reached the semi-final. And it was, uh, it was nice to congratulate him on his move. And uh, it was nice to get a, a, a nice um, message back as well. So... It really does give a nice feeling to watch well, how the players and managers that you interview, how they grow. And can you know, I, the can likes I, of Danny Cowley as well, when he went to, uh, I spoke to him when he was Lincoln manager, he's now manager of Huddersfield Town. So yeah, he's doing uh, well. Yeah, it's really good. That, and you, but you just try to remain as professional as possible. At no, all abso- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And the, the Cowley brothers, I think, will will do really well. Uh, you talked about congratulating people. Congratulations on all your pronunciations, because I know I would have absolutely butchered every single one of those uh, along the way. People who listen and know will know I butchered well, it. Listen, well, the, the, being, the insight you gave us there was really good. I, I, I had some insight from... Um, Dave Hurl, who's in the chat as well. Um, Dave is a member and he represents the um, the family enclosure. He's a member of the Arsenal Supporters Forum. And there was a meeting on, not last night, a night before. So what's that? Uh, Monday night. And they discussed lots of things. And some of the stuff that I would like to talk about in the Goon debate, we've only got like 10, 15 minutes left. So uh, talk about that. Some of, some of the snippets he came along about was rail seating. There's a big talking point about... Um, uh, rails seating um were much further ahead uh, than anybody else in in the league apparently on rail se- seating and that announcement that man united came out with in the paper uh, just came totally out of the blue liverpool won't do anything until it's decided it's going ahead chelsea are doing nothing in case they get a new stadium um and uh, you know the, the lots of ideas rail seating will not increase the capacity at the emirates stadium because the exits still remain the same size and the whole stadium itself is designed um, to uh, be able to empty the stadium within eight minutes in the event of emergencies. Um, guys, uh, Jerome, uh, you, what, 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 what's your thoughts on rail seating? Do you think it should go in? Where should it be all the lower tier? Should it be the cop ends? What do you think? So I don't know. When it comes to real seating, I think it's... I'm I'm I don't know if I'm for it or against it yet. I still don't I'm undecided, so that's the problem with it for me. Really? Yeah, I just why why have I got to have one? Why can't I have the option? I'm I'm one of those. 
No, rail seating gives you the option. Oh, and I haven't it gives seen you a it safe, safe option. If, I don't know if you've seen it in in Germany and in Dortmund and and, and places like that. You have uh, it, Tottenham actually already have it in place, uh, but okay. it's not it's not formally. But basically, there's a bar in front of your seat, so you wouldn't get pushed forward and go and fall on top of the other person. But your seat can be locked in place. So in Dortmund, the wall uh, in a Champions League game, I believe, holds about ten thousand fans. Uh, ten thousand fans because they have to have seating or the seating option. But in Dortmund, because of the way they've designed the stadium, if they want, they can have up to 20,000 in the yellow wall um, where they can cram in more people because they can get one and a half people per per seat. But they're safe. And if there was a surge forward, there's a rail on the way and it stops you getting falling in on top of the next person. So that's the idea. And that's the idea of why they talk about rail seating. It's not the old terraces. And it does give you the option. If you want to unlock your seat, you can sit down. Corey, thoughts? Um, it would mean that people could stand. Um, and I think everybody likes to stand when they go to a match. Um, you even have a little rail to like hold on to, you know, if your if your legs ain't as strong as they used to be, Fergus. So <laughs> <laughs> you know. So um yeah, why not? Like, I've, we've seen it at um Tottenham, we've seen it at like Wolverhampton, they got it. It's um it's, it's, it's a safety measure. It means you're allowed to stand up with no um, stewards or anyone telling you to sit back down. So I'll say give it a shot. Mike, you, you've, you've experienced the North Bank as it is. Um, how many people do we get in one seat? Um, am I allowed to say this out loud? <laughs> we, ha- <laughs> we, don't, we don't mention with seat. <laughs> Um, I've seen, I haven't done it myself, I have seen about three or four people in one seat. Yes. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm all for it because I've, I go to a lot of away games as well and it, it's the same there. The only time you ever really see people sitting down is during the halftime break and that's pretty much it. Other than that, everyone's on the feet. Yeah. So I'm yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. all for it. I, 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 I think as well, they need to, on the back of that, do stuff with um, like the Ashburton Army, uh, do stuff with uh, maybe uh, relocating the away fans so they're closer to maybe the North Bank and and uh, just helping that to help the atmosphere within the, within the stadium. One of the things that did come out about um, uh, in that meeting was there are some people Within uh, block 26 is uh, the clock end just above the family enclosure. And that's where the Ashburton army um, generally congregate. And Jack and, and, and his guys there did a really good job trying to build something with the youth. They're all 17 to 20 years of age. Uh, and they're trying to build flags, drums, bouncing. I don't know if you might, might have seen on, on Facebook some of the uh, some, some of the footage that people have taken. And it looks really, really good. Um, Sorry, one second. Mike Feinberg, you can talk about my pronunciation as much as you like. It's rail seating, not rail seating. It's so. not even rail seating, it's rail. Yeah, no, <laughs> rail seating. Look, I'm rail. Irish. Rail. Trains go on. A rail. I'm, I'm, I'm Irish. Okay. I'm Irish. 
<laughs> Listen, and, and and Mike as well. I gave you an e. I was on the the Guna podcast. Um, Mike has actually admitted he's uh, he is the host of the Guna podcast along with Andy. He is the size of the family enclosure. I can vouch for that because I have seen a picture of him with a dolphin, and I thought he was going to eat the dolphin uh, all in one uh, mouthful. Wow. So if, <laughs> so if you want to jump, if you want to jump on YouTube and look at the first four or five minutes of, of the podcast from last night, you'll see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, um, the the block twenty six guys, there's some old boys jumping in on the back of it, and they're they're all trying to like you know either argue with the young lads who are trying to do stuff, or just getting too pissed and they're they're interfering. We need to support them and the club in conjunction with that and the rail seating, uh, it would be a good thing to combine the two things together and um, maybe in, in, enhance the atmosphere within the stadium. Other things that talked about was season tickets. Uh, apparently, season ticket prices are going to be frozen next year. Obviously, an adjustment depending if we get Europa League, Champions League or nothing. And uh, more more pop-up outlets that like you got the Camden Ale things in there. There's going to be more pop-up outlets for food and drink. Um, one thing that is really interesting is um, 1970, 1971. 71 has obviously been the best year. Um, the 50th anniversary of, of, of the double, our first double. Um, uh, well, first double since 35, I think, but yeah, the 50th anniversary of um, the 70 71. There are there is going to be a celebration for that. Do you get over James for any games? Do you? Hello, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, we can. Do you, do, you, do you get over for many games? Would you, if there was a like some a special event for the 50th anniversary, would you come over for that? You're falling. You're falling away, Fergus. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hello, uh, lads. Uh, any, any of you three? If, if there was something going on uh, in and around the stadium for the the fiftieth anniversary, I know none of you are nearly fifty. Uh, I am. Um, <laughs> uh, would 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 any of you do something special for? The uh, would you turn up for celebrations around the stadium and like fireworks or whatever like that? Would, would you turn up? Uh, well, obviously it depends. I mean, I can understand the idea of um, of arranging special events in and around the stadium, but I'd like I like to think that many different countries there's also cultural differences. Like for example, we we spoke about um, railed seating tonight, and they have that here in Amsterdam in the Stadium of Ajax in the Jan Arena. They have that where the ultras stand, and I think different countries have different ways of of celebrating games. And uh, I think Arsenal, we can do an awful lot to improve our atmosphere. We really could, and I think also our chance. You know, our chance are, are quite good. But we could also be a lot more innovative and a lot more creative with our chance and uh, and really get behind the team. I mean, obviously, when I go to to watch games every now and again from from here in Amsterdam, I normally go into the clock ends and play fans is a guilty pleasure and uh, a bit of a laugh and a joke. But you know, I also respect that there are some fans that that don't want to sing for ninety minutes. So you made a great point about the different blocks. You know, maybe having a block where designated fans would sing and chant and, and, and shout. And I think that could be a very innovative idea. Mm. 
Corey, you've been sitting there very quiet. What's your thoughts? You're very a reflective man there in your shops, uh, jumper and shirt. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you make the effort to join join the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, so what about the, the celebration for the anniversary? Yeah, the, the 50th anniversary. If, the, if there was something going on, okay, it might be hard to get into the stadium itself, but there might be something, a whole weekend of stuff. W would, would you make a trip down around the stadium and get involved? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. Look, look. As long as if there's if there's the lads are there, if there's drink, um, if you can if you can sing, then hey, I'm there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It don't take a lot. If those three things aren't there, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So give me some booze. Yeah, um, yeah. you know what I mean. A nice crowd of people. So you know, a good atmosphere. I'm there. You don't even have to do anything special. You don't have to, you know, we, I don't need any special talks from ex-players or anything like that. Um, if you really want to, like, pr provide some free booze, Arsenal, um, and then I'm definitely there, you know, because, <laughs> you know, who doesn't love that? So, <laughs> Listen, some of the other things they talked about on there was uh, season tickets being transferred onto, like, your, your phone so you can you can tap in and tap out using your phone or your red membership and stuff. So uh, some innovation. Um, they talked about Santi Cazola as well, doing a testimonial game for Santi Cazola. But uh, Raul said he's in discussions with Santi about it, but nothing would happen until uh, Santi's retired, because obviously he's got his commitments with his, his, his um, uh, with, with his current club. And Lundberg's role, um, Lundberg's role uh, is to do more with transition from the under-23s to the first team and seeing who's good enough to train with the first team um, and who's good enough. If they're, if they're not quite there, who's, who, who's going to be loaned out? Mike, do you think that's a good role for him? Well, it's quite similar to what he was doing before, wasn't it, when he was uh, coaching the under twenty threes, or just you know. So it's it's not it's not a far off role from what he was already doing. So yeah, I'm all for that. And can I just say something as well about the uh, Ashburton Army as well? Yes, uh, I think to be fair, the, the problem that we've got is, is Arsenal fans moan a lot, and I think it's about time that yeah, we need the, the moan of the fact that there's no uh, what do they call it atmosphere. Uh, at the Emirates, and when someone tries to, or a group tried to start an atmosphere, and they moan about that, so it's like, well, you can't moan about one and then moan about the other, it, just because that's happening. Your mic. So, yeah. Can I borrow your uh, mic, Jerome, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't moan about one and then moan about the same, you know I mean, when it starts getting an atmosphere, you can't moan about that, so, you know, just calm it down. Like I 100% agree. If you don't want to sing and you want to uh, come on, just, just, just don't sing. Go sit in the uppers, go sit in the west wings, east wings, whatever you want. But if you want to sing and you want to enjoy and get involved in it, get involved. For the, for the last game, I actually had no voice on Monday because, um, we're, we're close to losing our 49 49 undefeated reign. Okay, which for me is very important. It's one of the they're like you know. Okay, I, I I got to see us win uh, like the double in '98, and uh, you got got to see something. But I, I was a later comer to um, to Arsenal, and you talk about Copenhagen. Copenhagen was that that very first game. Um, I know it was the Naeem game. Uh, was was the the first game I actually watched with my son when he was little. So I, I haven't seen us win a European trophy. I I haven't. Uh, you know, 
uh, witnessed that. And, and I've witnessed some good things under the Wenger, Wenger eras and so on. But, you. you know, uh, but Wenger, Wenger, whatever. It doesn't matter, <laughs> Scully, just behind. <laughs> but, but if, oh, if no. you want to... If you if you want to sing, sing. If you don't, don't. But don't bloody moan about people who want to get involved. People like the Ashburton Army who want to make make uh, some noise and stuff like that. If you don't like a drum, move to another area. If you don't want to, give your ticket away to somebody else who actually wants to turn up. That's what my view would be. Well, the thing is, there's that many bloody seats empty, so you might as well just move anyway. Don't matter where you move. Yeah. To. <laughs> uh, well, for me. For me, the singing part is I went to football to sing with my friends, to have a good fun and cheer on the cheer on my team. So if I'm not singing, I might as well sit at home. So it bugs me when people don't want other people to sing. You might as well watch Jerome, it from your TV. Jerome, the 49-49 undefeated, I sang first half and second half continuously with me, Potsy, uh, Dan Gurning. There's about a dozen of us that yeah. sang it. We well, annoyed a lot people but we just kept on going and going and going and when well, it I, went I, I quiet, dread to have these fans sorry for i'm gonna say i dread to have these fans go to an away game where there's non-stop singing uh, like there's, i witnessed that at chelsea and it was when you're down mike 15 minutes <laughs> come and sit with me every week i argue with one fella he complains if you shout anything i'm like why are you here so <laughs> there are them there why are you here a guy was shouting at ozil he's like you're giving me a headache go home yeah, you're in a football stadium. Occasionally, though, Jerome. Occasionally, it depends on what people are shouting. I've got one guy behind me who just was shouting obscenities and crap for no reason, and then you have to pull him up. Okay, agreed. Yeah, agreed. But, and like you know, I, and I'm 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 fine with you know, it's industrial language at football. We're, we're, we're fine with all that. But I had my grandson with me, and even he turned around and come along. Oh Christ, that's a bit strong, isn't it? And like you know, he's he's that eleven. It yeah. could yeah. be worse. When I was sat near you, Fergus, some guy didn't show up and singing Obama Young. Du, 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 du. I just couldn't get on with it. It was doing my head in. I was ready to flip out. Du, du, I really du. was. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who it could have been. Obama Young. Du, 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 du. <laughs> we we should all, we should all be getting together like that. We should be just singing it yeah. together. The crowd should be in unity. There's no unity in our singing, and that's because some people want to sing, some people can't be bothered. Then they only want to sing, turning into plastic fans. Some a lot of them just only yeah. singing because we're winning. Do you know, boys, we need to get them out. We have um, we've covered a lot actually, and it's been good having you on, James. Uh, good to have your insight into more than just Arsenal, just about football in general and so on. Um, Corey, thank you. Thank you very stand. much. I've really, enjoy really enjoyed it. Uh, great points made by all, and uh, I look forward to next time. Excellent. We will have you on again soon. Don't you worry. Uh, Jerome, thanks for having me. Have a good evening. Hopefully, we have a good win tomorrow. I'm, 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 I'm doing a Corey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not looking sharp enough, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wait, Fergus. Keep, keep at it. You'll, you'll get it. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I, I haven't taken the piss. Thank you very much for joining us. No um, uh, Scunny, as always, thanks for doing the, the work in the background. Uh, to everybody in the chat, I, I, I thank you. Thank you for joining in and thank you for sharing. Make sure you uh, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, we're on Periscope now. I don't know how that works. So I'm going to have a look afterwards. Uh, Jerome, I will give you the pleasure of saying uh, the closing line and then dropping the mic. <laughs> I'm going to put you on, on, on solo screen. 
and then you can say the closing line and then we're out up the arse <laughs> thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.